And uh, praise God. Now, Sunday night is Emerge. Josh Pinkston is going to be sharing. And Jamar is going to be giving about a five to seven minute testimony. It's going to be good. So if you know folks, you know, that are 18 to 30-ish, please get them here Sunday night. You will be blessed. So we're in a little series or a long series on the subject of healing. God's will concerning healing. We're learning. Praise the Lord. We're staying healed. We're staying strong. And then we're being trained and developed, praise God, for what we believe is just out ahead of us. In Luke chapter 5, verse 12, it says, And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, um, that a man full of leprosy, who seen Jesus, fell on his face, and besought him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And of course, Jesus said, uh, And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. One translation says, of course I will. I like that. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Amen. So the I will to this leper is an I will to you. And so we can be sure of the fact that it is in fact the will of God for all to be healed. And we looked at... Number one, because God's Word is medicine. Amen. God's Word is medicine. So let's just rehearse a little bit from Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. And we'll notice the prescription for taking God's medicine. Take the Scriptures daily. Apply them to your life daily. Speak it daily over your physical body. He said in Proverbs 4, verse 20, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Amen. Let them not depart from before thine eyes. Keep them in the midst or in the middle of thine heart. Now notice this next verse. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them, and they are health and they are healing to all their flesh. So there is God's medicine. It is His prescription. I like the fact that the Word of God tells us that they are life unto those that find them. Find the scriptures that cover your case concerning divine health and divine healing. Find them. Know where they're at in your Bible. Meditate on them. Don't necessarily memorize them, but meditate on them until you actually know them on the inside of you. Let it become a part of your inner man. And so another reason why we can bank on it, that it is the will of God and it is the plan of God for us to be healed, for everyone to be healed, is because God has placed within you the means by where we can receive healing. He's given everyone a spirit man. In other words, we are a spirit man. We live in a physical body, do we not? And in Proverbs 4.23, he says, um, Keep thy heart. With all diligence, for out of it, out of your spirit, flows the issues of life or the forces of life. It is very important that we protect our spirit. One way that we can protect our spirit is keep our spirit from growing weak. God wants His people to be strong in Him. He said over in Ephesians, be strong in the Lord, the power, his might. And God wants you to have a strong spirit. Everyone say a strong spirit. 
So tonight, let's talk about that just for a little while. Look at Proverbs 18, verse 14. And I want you to notice this with me in the Amplified Version. Proverbs 18, verse 14. I'm getting stronger every day. I'm getting stronger on the inside every day. And I declare that I'm getting stronger physically. I'm getting more alert mentally day by day. I'm not buying into being old. Amen. I'm buying into He renews my youth like an eagle's. You're as only as old as you talk. Amen. Proverbs 18 verse 14 in the Amplified Version says this, The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. So notice that phrase with me. A strong or the strong spirit of man will sustain you. We could say it this way. A strong spirit will see you through any situation. Now here's what the enemy wants to do. We understand that he is our uh, enemy. He's a thief. He walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And one thing that he wants to do is he wants to wait until we're weak. He wants to wait till you're weak. He wants to weaken the saints. Okay? And he can do that any number of ways if you'll yield to him. So his plan then would be to overwhelm, to weaken, first of all, to overwhelm and then destroy. And we don't want to magnify him at all. We're here to magnify the Lord, but he is a killer. And he doesn't come but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So smart people keep him waiting. If he's waiting for that opportunity, if you're smart, then you will keep him waiting. And you will just keep getting stronger and stronger till your whole race is run. Every one of you are running a race. And so you'll just keep getting stronger and stronger until your whole race is run. And then when your race is over, they can plant it, plant this body. Have a nice funeral for you. Have a nice memorial service. Whatever, however. At that point, it makes no difference. But the point I'm making is, don't leave till your race is over. Amen? Been a lot of talk about the rapture of the church, when it's going to be, where it's going to be, and all that. We don't really know. We're to occupy till He comes. And we're to run as strong as we possibly can in the Lord until that trumpet sounds or until it's time for us to go. And some people say, well, you know, it's appointed unto man once to die. Yeah, I believe that, but I'm going to make the appointment. How about you? Amen. So just keep overcoming. Just keep overcoming and use your faith on little things. Use your faith on hangnails. Use your faith on headaches. Amen. Just speak to that mountain. Declare God's word and get stronger and stronger every day in your spirit. Amen. So, the strong spirit of man will see him or her through. It'll see you through sickness and disease. It'll also see you through adversity. Amen. God doesn't want us to be wimpy. He doesn't want us to back down when the devil shows up. He wants us to rise up with the word of God in the name of Jesus and be bold. 
So praise the Lord, let's get strong. Amen? So now, the condition of my spirit and your spirit will affect our bodies. Your spirit can become very strong just like your body can. Out of your spirit flows the issues of life. Now, your spirit man needs to eat. How many of you ate some physical food today? All right, we all had good lunch or good dinner. Amen? And we fed our physical bodies. Perhaps you took vitamins to supplement maybe what you didn't get in your food. So you're taking care of your physical body. And if you take care of your physical body, your physical body will get stronger. If you'll feed it right and exercise it and so on. Well, your spirit man needs spiritual food. See, man's not going to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. And notice with me in verse 6 in the Amplified Version. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse, uh, did I say verse 6? All right, Amplified. Mike sounds pretty good, PT. Doesn't it? You think? Well, you're a professional, I'm not. But I'm okay. And I like the lights too. It's good, good stuff. Pastor Townsend working hard on that. All right, we're there now. 1 Timothy uh, 4, 6 in the Amplified. It says, If you lay all these instructions before the brothers, you will be a good steward and a good minister of Christ Jesus. Now notice, Ever nourishing your own self on the truths of the faith and of the good Christian instruction which you have closely followed. I like the King James that talks about being nourished up in the with the words of faith. Amen. So the word of God is nourishment to you. Uh, the other day I was talking to a gentleman and he has a drive every morning that he needs to make to go to work. And he listens to the New Testament on, on CD. And he wants to get, you know, the Old Testament on CD. What an awesome idea. Don't waste your time in the car listening to crazy morning talk radio. You know, unless you want to get a little news or whatever the case may be. But take that time to feed your spirit. Don't tell me you don't have time to feed your spirit. you got time to feed your heart. You can do it. And as you do it, you're going to be nourished up with the words of faith. Now you start hearing something on the radio that doesn't sound like faith, turn it off. Amen. Get yourself a good CD. Get yourself a good iPod. Get it hooked up. Constantly, consistently feed your spirit with the word of faith. I go to sleep just about every night with an iPod in my ear. I'll wake up a couple hours later and somebody will be preaching to me. Last night I was trying to listen to something while I was going to sleep and I couldn't stay awake to hear it. I woke up a couple hours later, put it back onto the front, fell asleep again, couldn't do it. And when I woke up this morning, I actually listened to it. But the, the concept, you know, the idea is, is develop an atmosphere of the Word. You know, get the Word in your home. You get the Word in your home and you listen to it, that Word will get in your heart. And then you'll be nourished up. Amen. In the words of faith. I wonder, is there anything stronger than cancer? Is there anything stronger than drug addiction? Yes, yes, and yes. So we've, we've talked about this a little bit. Let me just say it 
briefly again, medical science, medical doctors work uh, from the physical. They work from the outside in, right? But our job and your job as you're being trained to be a blessing of healing to those people around you, our job, praise God, is to work from the inside out. In other words, get the word in people. And when you get the word of God in people, it'll impact the outside. I, I believe this. I'm going to make a statement. I believe that if you feed on God's medicine long enough and are diligent with it, it'll drive anything out of your body that shouldn't be there. I believe that it'll keep you well, keep you strong. Amen? So now, the level of the life of God that's on the inside of us has varying degrees. It's varying degrees of strength. So how do then we get our spirit built up? Well, number one, nourish it in the words of faith. Be very selective of what you feed on. Amen? Now, a weak spirit, what that does is it, it affects the body. A weak spirit affects your immune system. But oh, what if your spirit gets built up? What happens if on the inside you just get stronger and stronger and stronger every day? Woo, glory. We're talking resurrection power. We're talking the life also of Christ being made manifest in your mortal body. We're declaring daily that the same spirit that raised him from the dead, he dwells in us and he quickens our mortal body. So as we pray in the spirit, as we are nourished up in the words of faith, as we offer to God daily, glory to God, the offering of thanksgiving and praise, we're getting built up. We're getting built up. So you'll see in the Word of God, and if we had time tonight, we'd look at Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, reference after reference, where it tells you to be strong. I can't find anywhere in the Word of God where it says be weak. No, it says be strong. God would never tell you to be strong if the strength wasn't available for you to be strong in. He said that He would strengthen us with might by His Spirit in the inner man. We looked a couple Sundays ago that the word of, His, word of His grace is able to build us up and to give us our inheritance and to show us some things. And so then, we... Get our spiritual food from the Word of God. Now, the more serious a person's situation is, the more selective they should be. The more selective they should be. If there is a life-threatening disease going on, people don't have time to go shopping at the mall. I mean... That's a pretty broad statement. I'm not saying don't go shopping at the mall, but you've got to put the word first. You know, like years ago down at Ramah, they'd have healing school and, and people would come and they'd have a purpose for healing school. They'd want them to be under the word in the morning and under the word in the afternoon all week long. And some people would come down there with very serious, serious conditions and ask, well, why don't you just, you know, Come to the services. Oh, we can't go to the morning services. We, you know, we came down here to shop too. 
Well, you know, nothing wrong with shopping, but there comes a time where you got to get real serious. Serious about the Word. And, and I don't mean to, to be ugly or any way, fashion, or form, but, you know, uh, people in the hospital, best thing you can do is keep that stupid television off. Yeah, but I'm too weak to do anything else. You're not too weak to have something in your ear. You're not too weak to have someone read something to you. So then, faith comes by hearing. And what? And hearing by the Word of God. So the God's Word, we have said it over and over again, it is medicinal. Okay, so there's three ways basically to develop a strong spirit. We've already looked at number one, eat. Number two, exercise. Okay? How do you exercise your spirit? You did it tonight. You're praising God. You prayed today. Spend some time speaking in tongues. Spend some time worshiping the Lord. You're, you're, you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. See, what I believe that can happen is you can get so full of the Word and so full of the Spirit that there's not any more room for anything else. Amen. It's like we talked about a week ago. It's the law of displacement. Amen? Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Exercise your spirit. Exercise your heart. Here's something that we need to think about. And that is this. Speaking the word of God is an exercise. Declaring what God's word says is an exercise. And it is an action to your faith and of your faith. So eat the word. Exercise, and then here's another very important point. Enter into rest. You know that God is not a taskmaster. Look at some scriptures with me. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, if you would, please. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Rest in the Lord. Don't worry about it. Refuse to sweat it. The word of a doctor is not the final authority. I've learned that. I had to learn it, and I just had to recognize the fact that, you know what? He's Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. Glory to God. I'm healed. I'm whole from the top of my head to the soles of the tip of my toes. Just enter into rest. Refuse to fret. Refuse to worry about it. You know, Jesus said worry is not going to even add one cubit to your stature. It's not going to help anything. As a matter of fact, worry will make it worse. Because the devil takes advantage of worry. Because if he can get a stronghold of worry into your mind, then he can bring his photographs. And what starts out as an imagination turns into a stronghold. And it what becomes a stronghold, then, you know, a lot of thoughts flow in that stream. People start seeing themselves dead and people start seeing themselves going broke or whatever the case may be. That's why he said the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity. How many thoughts? Every. Every thought. Thank you. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Fear is disobedient to Christ. It is a stronghold. And so instead of fearing, then rest. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. 
Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. Yea, enter into rest. For they which have believed do enter into the rest of God. And the master said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy burden. And he said, I will give you rest. The Amplified says, I'll give you refreshment. I'll give you quietness. I'll give you blessed ease in your soul. Gasto brede masta. God wants us to live sweatlessly in this world. He doesn't want you sweating. He doesn't want you fretting. He wants you praising and thanking and resting in the Lord. Yea, they that wait upon the Lord, they'll renew their strength. Hallelujah. Renew your youth just like the eagles. As you snuggle up with your king. As you snuggle up with your master. Amen. Now, let's talk about drains for a moment. How many of you have a bathtub at home? Okay, have a bathtub at home. And how many of you have ever ran a bath and maybe come back five, ten minutes later and the water had all drained out? What happened? The plug was undone. Okay? So here, here's my point. You can eat the Word. You can, you can exercise. You can rest. But if you don't eliminate the drains in your life, all those things will be to no avail. And Satan and his demonic forces are out to drain you. Now, one of the, one of the drains we've already really talked about, so we don't need to go there, we talked about fretting. Fretting's a drain. It'll just, <laughs> it'll just eat your lunch and your snack too. If you like buttered popcorn after church... It'll take care of that as well. Anyway. But here's another one. Strife. Strife is a real drain. It's a real drain. And if you are walking with God and walking in God, you'll have plenty of opportunity for it. Now, in, I believe it's James chapter 3, verse 16, right around there. It says, where envying and strife is, there is confusion... And every evil work. That sounds like the devil to me. A good friend of mine says it this way, that strife is the manifest presence of the devil. Well, just like the love of God is the manifest presence of God, for God is love. The exact opposite. So, the opportunity is going to present itself, sometimes when you at least expect it. And that is why it's very, very important to be on top of your spiritual game, as it were. And make sure that you're feeding and that you're exercising your spirit in and on the love of God. See, if the enemy can shut down your love walk, he can cause your faith to be ineffective for a period of time. Because in Galatians it says that faith works by what? Works by love. So, he wants to get Christians out of sorts with other Christians. He wants to get husbands out of sorts with wives. Wives out of sorts with husbands where they don't talk for a period of time. That's the devil. That's the devil. If you've got Christ in your life, you ought to be able to work out your stuff. I know that's good preaching now. That's right. Humble yourself. 
Amen. In part of humbling yourself is just, you know, getting to the point where you, you just admit you're wrong. And you apologize for it. Amen. And so there, there's no reason why spirit-filled Christians should have to enter into the arena of strife or bitterness. You know, if somebody does you wrong, just welcome to the club. I don't mean to be ugly about it, but get over it. It just flat comes with the territory of being a Christian. Not everyone on this green earth is going to like everything about you. But the most important thing is, is you know that God loves you. And that based on that, you develop a love for yourself. And other people's insecurities and thoughts about you will make no difference. Lester Sumrall said this years ago. He says, you know, what other people think about you, you, it don't matter. You can't control what they think. You can't control what people think about you. But you can control what you think about yourself. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh. In his heart, so is he. You know, one preacher was out of sorts with another preacher. You know, preachers are get get ugly. Preachers can get ugly. I know you can get ugly. I mean, ugly. Another preacher was upset with another preacher. And he told this other preacher, he says, I'm going to go whip him. You ever felt like whipping anybody? And then repenting later? <laughs> you ever done that? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go whip that guy. I'm going to go take care of business. Come on, let's be honest. We've all been there. And this other preacher, you know, he was a wise old man. And he says, uh, you know, uh, you might be able to whip a skunk, but you may not want to. (laughs) Because when you're finished, you're going to smell just like him. Isn't that right? So get rid of all the fussing. Get rid of all the fighting. And walk in love. Walk in the love of God. Love is God's way. Love is our way. Because we're on love's side. Amen. And you live a life of love. There's no fear in that atmosphere. And so eliminate the drains. Eliminate it. Just make sure that your heart is right. You know, you can't get everybody to see your way. People see things through different uh, 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 filters. People see things through different lenses. They, they see things through the lens of their experience. And oftentimes when they see things through the lens of their experience, they're... What they're seeing is distorted because their experience came from the pit of hell. Or it came from the spirit of the world. And so it then begins to, all of a sudden, everything, oftentimes what people see is through the system of the world. And Satan is the God of the world system. Amen. 
You ever thought for a moment, we might as well just take a little side journey, is that all right? Have you ever thought why people are so judgmental and critical about other people? Have you ever thought about that? I have. You know, there's folks that they'll be judgmental and they'll be critical. I mean, they'll be at the county line. And they can see 300 miles into Oregon. And they can see this great, big, huge moat in their brother's eye. And they know exactly what they should be doing. And they know exactly, you know, what they shouldn't be doing. But yet, they never turn that gift of discernment on themselves. (laughs) They've never come to grips with the fact that the moat that is in their brother's eye, they've got a huge log in their own eye. Now be very careful about being judgmental and critical about other people. You know why? Because with what measure you meet, it will be measured back to you again. Now listen to this. The mere fact that you judge someone and know what they ought to do and ought not to do you are saying, I have light. I know, Tony, what you should be doing. And you're not doing it. Paul, I know what you shouldn't be doing. See, I have light. I have light. The lights are on. Okay? So then, I am judged by the light that I have. Are you listening to me? That's why if we're judgmental about others, we better be very careful that we are not guilty of not doing the same thing they're doing. Are you listening? And that's why a lot of people, you know, when they, uh, they get into these, these areas of, of strife, it just eats their lunch. So what do you say we walk in love? Walk in the love of God. And as you walk in the love of God, you'll walk in the life of God. Truthfully, to be honest with you, I think that a failure to walk in love is probably the main culprit of why Christians die prematurely. I really do. Especially if they have the light of God's word on the matter. If there's not a connection made, the connection, the disconnect is not on God's part. It's on our part. So what do you say we become tenderhearted? What do you say we let go of bitterness? Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, but you don't know what they did to Jesus. And you don't know the power of the blood. Well, that's enough of that. Everyone say it's so anyhow. Declare this real strong. I'm walking in the life of God and in the love of God. Ooh, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Now, here's another one as we close tonight. Here's another one. Living in the fast lane of busyness and fleshiness will drain you. 
having your life to full of activities can be very draining. It is very possible to get addicted to busyness. You know, I was talking to Brenda on the way in tonight. And I said, you know, I, I figured it out. I know how a lot of pastors die young. And I know how a lot of pastors burn out. They get into the fear of man. And they get into wanting to please everyone. And dear friend, how many of you know that it is not possible to please everyone? Are you here? Now, you can do your very best to please God. That's your number one priority. And if men and women are pleased with you pleasing God, so be it. But your main purpose, your main goal in life is to please God and not to please man. And I've seen pastors burn out with 50 people having to go to every, every appointment. Having to go to every birthday party. Having to be at everything that is going on in the church. I don't do church like that. I don't do pastoring like that. My main job as your pastor is to pray for you and to feed you the word. And to be led by the Holy Spirit on where I should be and be in the right place at the right time following his leadership. And that, my friends, is a full-time job. But not only that, carrying the vision of a local church is a huge responsibility. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. But I'll tell you what, when you are number one, el senor, pastor, it's a big responsibility. And I'm not going to run all over Alameda County trying to dance and play political games and try to please everybody. But my number one thing is I'm going to please God. And I'm going to finish my race. My race is not going to finish me. Amen. So anyway, those types of things, those will burn busyness. The ability to say no. And to prioritize your life with the things that God has told you and revealed to you what is number one priority in your life is a key, amen, to eliminating drains in your life. We live, man, in a society that is totally full. People pride themselves in multitasking. They text. They got, I mean, they're connected. But my question is, connected to what? So don't overestimate your abilities. Come on now. We live in a society where there's information glut. Where there are time robbers on the right and time robbers on the left. Check your life. Check your life. Are you tired on the inside? And if you are tired on the side, is what you is what you are doing is it that important? See, I believe in life. 
you have to have the ability to say no to good things. But always say yes to God things. This is good preaching. Look with me in Exodus, uh, Ecclesiastes 10 verse 15. Ecclesiastes, the 10th chapter, the 15th verse. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 15. I want to be productive. I want to be productive. I'm not serving a taskmaster. I'm serving a shepherd. Notice with me in Ecclesiastes 10, 15, it says, The labor of the foolish wearies every one of them because he doesn't know how to get to the city. Now look at verse 10 of that same chapter. Chapter 10, it says, If the iron be blunt, blunt is a word for dull, and he does not wet the edge or sharpen the edge, then he must put more strength. But notice this. Wisdom is profitable. Say that with me. Wisdom is profitable. Solomon said it like this, that wisdom is the principal thing. It is the primary thing. With all thy getting, get wisdom and get understanding. So, this picture here we have, this word picture is this. Trying to cut down a tree with a dull axe. How many of you know it just wears you out? And a person that is trying to cut down a tree with a dull axe, oftentimes gets so involved in the work, that he's too busy to sharpen the axe. But a wise person, here's what he does. And here's what she does. A wise person sharpens the axe before he goes out. And then he says, Lord, where do I chop today? (laughs) See, it's not a question of whether or not we're going to seek first the kingdom of God. It's not a question that whether we're going to do the will of God or not. But every morning we need to take time to sharpen the axe. Come on, somebody. Sharpen that axe. So that all of a sudden, you're quick, you're bright, and you're sharp. And when you leave the house, you know what to do, what not to do. Where to go, where not to go. What to say, what not to say. Because the wisdom of God is working in your life. So, I said all that to say this. Eliminate the drains. Eliminate fearing and fretting. Eliminate fussing and fighting. Amen? Eliminate fleshiness and being so involved with the world. How many of you know the world's got tons of pull on you? There's a pull. There's a gravity of the world. But you and I, we're not of the world. We're of the Word. We're of the kingdom of God. We're of those who go into the secret place. Hallelujah. And sharpen our sword every day. We are those who come, glory to God, boldly to the throne of grace every day. Every day. And ask God for wisdom. You know that little prayer, Our Father which art in heaven? 
hallowed be thy name. That's a good prayer track to follow sometimes. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, speaks of worship. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, your will be done in my life today. And then what's the next one? Give us this day our daily bread. God, give me wisdom. In the natural realm, I'm not smart enough. But you are smart. And you are all wise. So I'm asking you to give me this day my daily bread. Give me wisdom, Lord. Show me how to live in the life of Christ. So eliminate all the fleshiness. Get rid of it. You don't need it. Prioritize your life. Ask yourself, is what I'm doing adding to the kingdom? Is what I am doing on a regular base, is that really something that has spiritual value? You know, we're not always going to be doing this in this place tonight. Jesus is coming soon. Amen? And it's what we do for Him. And it's what we do in the kingdom of God that really, really matters. Amen? So, you can be strong in the Lord and the power is might. Eat right. Exercise right. Rest right. Eliminate fear and fretting. Fussing and fighting. And eliminate fleshiness. And you will get stronger and stronger day by day. Good word tonight? Amen. Amen. All right. Good, good word. Amen. You know, this is more like a Bible study and there's nothing cut and dried about it. But oftentimes, you know, we assume that everyone in the house has been born again. And uh, we want to give you the invitation to be saved if you'd like to be born again.